All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? My name is Jonathan. This is Comic Book Cinema, where we bring you the best comic book movie content. Today, I am joined by my former tag team partner. He was the brains. I was the brawn. Mr. James Arline, how you doing? Doing great. <laughs> and also, my uh, brother-in-law now for uh, three, four, five, six years. How many years have you? <laughs> About to be eight. <laughs> I was way off base on that one, guys. Off a little bit. And Mr. Josh, like we always say, the OG of comic book movies. We were all probably still sucking on our mom's tits whenever uh, he was watching the, the old school Batman when it came out in theaters, right? Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> so today we are all very excited to bring you our thoughts, our criticism, our everything on the Batman, the movie that just dropped this weekend. This is our review for the Batman. This movie, I mean, I guess I expected this, but it was incredibly dark. It's definitely not for kids. Some of the language, I mean, I know, you know, I'll just say this. I was shocked. I mean, I know you can get away with one F-bomb in a PG-13 film, but that F-bomb hit pretty hard. I, I can remember it specifically. And normally I don't pick up on stuff like that unless I'm watching it with my parents right next to me. But there was a lot of like, you know, God's name taken in vain. I mean, it was a lot of uh, pretty intense language here. I was kind of shocked to hear that. Another thing too, uh, there was a lot of intense jump scare type stuff, you know? So maybe because I'm a father now, I'm not sure why I, I think a little differently, I guess, but it's PG-13 and this movie is not for kids. What do you guys think? I'm gonna go ahead and jump in there because I did take my three girls. Um, yeah, and I thought, okay, PG-13, we've done some Avengers, we've done, and I thought this will be okay, and <laughs> we had to have the, okay, listen, these are words you don't use, all right, guys, these are, because it was, it kind of, kind of catches you, you're like, oh, oh, that, oh, I'm not, uh. and so, yeah, I get the, <laughs> the language, and the, I'm hoping I don't have to deal with any scary <laughs> stuff, you know, because it, you know, dark. Yeah. And so it might not have been the best idea. <laughs> well, I can say that if I would have been in your shoes and I had when my daughter is about your daughter's age, I probably would have brought her to see the Batman because, you know, I was just been so excited yeah. to, you know, go see it with the family and everything else. But yes. was the Riddler scary to the girls, though? That's something I'm curious about. Oh, I think he was. They'll say it because they want to, that it wasn't. They'll say it wasn't because they want to be able to see those kinds because they love watching the stuff we love. And so they want to be a part of it. But we've had the discussion where this show Spirit and there was wolves in it and they got scared and had some nightmares. And I'm like, yeah, I think that the Joker, I mean, the Joker, the Riddler is going to be a little bit scarier. And so I think he was, even though I don't think they would want to admit it. Yep. Speaking of the Riddler, we got to talk about the Riddler, guys. I just, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the Riddler. Initially, I had my reservations, especially when I saw the mask. Like, I saw the uh, the promotional material. I saw the mask initially, and I was thinking, like, eh, I don't know if that's what I would have done. 
and uh, how they were basing him off of the Zodiac Killer. But when I saw it in the movie, my whole perspective was just like changed 360. I absolutely loved Paul Dano as the Riddler. I thought it was perfectly well executed how creepy he was. You could hear the dude like breathing behind the mask and he was like, you know, looking at stuff with binoculars. I mean, and the whole jump scare bit, you know, like I said, not really for kids, but it was for me. <laughs> what do you guys think about the Riddler? You know, if you think about Jim Carrey's rendition versus what we see now, I mean, even back then as a kid, it was fun. I think that was what the take about the movie that I enjoyed so much is because if you're going to make someone who's got that psychotic side to them that that just translated very well from script to screen because it was dark I mean he's how many times did he talk about being invisible and uh, not being seen by others and yet he puts on a mask still to not necessarily be seen like his face still isn't seen even though we know who it is because of the casting but like you still don't see his face until the end of the movie I was very surprised by Paul Dano in his portrayal of the character. It was kind of like, you know, when, when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, so many of us had reservations like, come on, Brokeback Mountain and all of that. But then you've got like the portrayal that he did. And it was kind of the same for me. It's like, what can Paul Dano do? Just such a different type of character. But man, I think he killed it. If, you, if you're going to take that type of character and explain like what that could and potentially be in real life. Sometimes movies don't translate that well in real life environment, but I think that was, it, it just killed it, man. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was good. It was almost too realistic. Yes, it was, it was, it was very realistic. That's one thing I can, I can give the film in, in total. It, it was, it's very real. Like if there was a real Riddler, a real Batman, it was very much what I would anticipate you know, their behavior and, you know, the way they dressed and whatnot. So that part was pretty cool. Speaking of the way they dress, one minor complaint for me, I didn't like the bat collar on his cape. That's like the only issue that I have with his new costume. Everything else looks cool. And the boots look a little like, uh, you can tell. Combat them. boots. Yeah, the combat boots, they look a little homemade put together type costume, you know. You can, I guess, it, I guess that's the point they were trying to put across on screen. Like he's still pretty new at being Batman, but for me, the, the collar, I wasn't a fan. I don't like that. Another interesting thing is the cowl almost reminds me when you think of all the other cows in the past, it almost reminds me a bit of Adam West. And yeah. another thing that Batmobile is just screaming Adam West, 1960s, like, you know, it's a, that's a Dodge Challenger, right? I, I believe so. The the body itself was. And that American mm -hmm. muscle car, when you hear it roar, I, man. I love the car. The car was like one of my favorite parts of the film, especially it was like as a car guy, you know, him having the motors sitting up, you know, when he's fiddling around in the back cave, the motors set up on an engine block. And you could tell you're serious about it. And then when he finally took it out, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was, it was pretty sweet. Best chase scene ever. Best yeah. car chase scene ever. I have never seen a car chase scene that I just – when I think of movies and great comic book movies and movies in general, I think of those moments that really stood out to me when it, when it came to the crescendo of the music, when it came to the action that was on screen, when it came to how it made you feel – 
that chase scene, bro, I totally didn't expect that. I didn't expect to be yeah. that impressed and excited and, and just amped up by that chase sequence. It was very well done, very well executed. And if it had it not been for that chase sequence, that movie would have went down a couple nights. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, that might be one of my favorite parts of the movie. What'd you guys I mean, think? I think I loved when a penguin like had that victorious look like, ha ha ha, I've gotten away. I've got, and then all of a sudden, just out of the fire, it just shoots. Yeah. Man, it was awesome. You, Very well what'd, done. What'd you guys think about the penguin? When you think about mob gangster, what that's supposed to look like, it's not like overly cheesy, like hands and the, the big nose and all just the traditional character that you see. I think it was a really good, again, I mean, it was the, the translation from script to screen for me. I mean, even when you go back, go back a little bit, bit with when you're talking about uh, Batman's costume, one thing that they, that kind of really resonated with me is, and all of the other films, they all, they really rely heavily on Batman's wealth and all of those things for him to have the most amazing gadgets and most this and that and other but they didn't, like, if you pay attention, they didn't really focus in on that a lot. It wasn't about, I mean, if you look at Christopher Nolan's trilogy, he was always having the top of the line everything, but they didn't spend a whole lot of time emphasizing on the tech that he had. It was more about his brute force and just the, just the darkness of the film. And, and that was just great. Yes, it was just crazy to me because, you know, we've seen that done so much. So, I mean, it wasn't about, I've got this amazing, I mean, I think I agree with the boots, but at the same time, it's almost like it brings it more to ground level for me. I mean, it's, it's not over the top. It's not, he's got, I mean, he souped up a Dodge charger. He didn't build an entire, like, yeah, it was some custom work done, but it was just, man, it's just, it's just like the realism of it was, was crazy. Even with the car chase scene. I mean, if you want to talk about the car chase scene, it was the the danger he was even experiencing and the chaos he was experiencing and just so happened to find a way out. Dude, it was just crazy. It was so well done. It was a it's a believable. It's like yes, I remember absolutely. the first time Spider-Man was introduced and and you go to that thought of how in the world did he make the suit? You know, and at least when you get with Andrew Garfield, you got kind of okay, he got some kind of ski suit. You know, they tried to make it a little bit more understandable. So with Batman seeing the combat boots. I mean, I get that it does kind of ground it and bring it into, okay, this is how, I know he's a millionaire and he can get a lot of stuff, but it gives it a little bit more, okay, I see combat boots make sense, you know, army uses them, you know, why not a guy vigilante? So, I mean, I think it really does bring it a little bit more into the real world and makes it a little bit more believable. Speaking of functionality and the costume and everything else, on his wrist, there was those little dart thingies. Am I wrong, or did he never use those in the film? Because I can't wait. I remember seeing that way back when they first showed us the first pictures of his, his bat suit and everything. I saw those little dart things on his wrist, and I was like, I don't really like the way that looks, but I'm sure there'll be a really like good reason they're there. Did you, is it just me, or, or did he do anything with those dart thingies on his wrist? I didn't see him do anything with them. Uh, there was that little, he had like a taser type deal in the beginning of the movie. I don't know if that was connected to that or maybe something. I don't I know. Think so. um, but yeah, no. And then we saw him use, take the back piece off and, you know, use that too. I mean. Yeah, that was neat. Yeah. But 
that's that's one thing that you know I, I can remember thinking when the movie was over. I guess that's how critical I am. But and I'm not saying it's the it's the worst thing in the world and it ruins the movie for me or anything. But I just expected that there would be a reason for those being there. But well, if nothing else, it blocked. I mean, the big metal bars it blocked whenever he would throw it up for yeah. anybody throwing something at him. And never before in a Batman movie, Burton came. I mean, Burton did a really good job with Gotham City and creating that atmosphere and that that grime and that dirtiness. But in this film, this has got to be the best portrayal of Gotham itself in a film. Yeah, It felt dirty. It felt grimy. It felt scary. The way that that came across to the screen was just so well executed. And another thing that I loved about this movie is... They didn't just explain it to you in the narration, which that was another thing that was kind of different, how they had Batman narrating the film. But every time that bat signal came up into the sky, not only did they tell you that it put the fear of God into the hearts of the criminals, but they showed you so well in those few little clips that they had where the bat, the bat signal goes out and the criminals are looking in the shadows and stuff. I loved how that was done. That was so cool. Yeah. So that made me think of Arkham and like I loved, you know, that aspect of even playing the game when you're, you're hiding in the shadows and that's, I mean, that fear when they were looking, even if it wasn't, there's a shadow there. What is in that shadow? So I love the way all the shadows were used and they just would like turn white as a sheet looking, wait, where is he? Because he's got to be here. We're not doing something we should be doing. So he's got to be here hiding in these shadows somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I think I enjoyed the darkness of, of the city itself. It just, like, if you think about all the other portrayals and the element of crime that's happening versus how this one was portrayed, I think one thing that was still, when you think about the end of the movie and the flooding of the city, still there was kind of a relaxing moment, but still there wasn't a resolution. If you think about Gotham and the portrayal and the story of the city, there's there's always nonstop chaos and nonstop crime and darkness. And so at the end of the movie, they still they're still just left in wreckage. There's not really a full, clear resolution. Selena Kyle said at the end uh, that the city will never change. The crime will never stop. And so I think that was just like that's that's a true portrayal of what it would be like if you're going to rate a movie pg-13 then let's let's kind of clean i guess clean that up because it would be a little bit better if you're going to rate it that way but if you think about the portrayal that they had of the city and the darkness of the crime i mean these guys are going to be vulgar man they're going to be profane they're not going to be clean and oh i said a bad word you know like again the writing was done very well yeah and i think speaking to what you're talking about how nothing kind of wraps up it's still going on that was the that intro i like the aspect of okay they were fearing and they showed several different crimes but of course he's one man he can't get everything that's going on but they all still were looking in the shadows going where's he at so i think it gave that more realism of hey he's not everywhere he's not you know somebody that can be multiple in that sense so we may be fearing but he didn't stop every single villain right there in the beginning that was you know, breaking the law. I will say this, Daisy kind of touched on a second ago. 
I think that's the first time that I, I mean, we've seen Batman save people before, mainly females, you know, it's kind of like an ongoing joke of how he's a womanizer. But I think that that was the first time that we kind of saw Batman in that light where he was helping people, you know, just, I mean, like whenever the, the city had flooded and they were all in the stadium, he had the torch lit, you know, just him guiding the people to safety. I think when I think back on Batman films, that's like the first time I can remember Batman doing, you know, that when I think of, you know, heroes that are saving people and left and right, I think of the Avengers. I think of more Marvel type movies. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but I remember thinking that when I saw that in theaters, I was like, hmm, that's, uh, that's the first time I've seen that. Well, to me, I, I would say I agree. It humanizes. It brings it into a somebody that's willing to get down in the dirt. And sometimes you don't see that you know, because yeah. uh, of some of the, you know, other Batmans, I agree. I don't remember any of that where you would see that aspect where he's getting down on the level of the people. And so he's either flying, you know, or he's coming you know, through in the, in the tops of buildings or something like that. But you don't get to see that, you know, down on the level with the people reaching out a hand and pulling somebody up. Yep. I'll say this too. Gordon and Batman I've never seen them be like a tag team like they were in this film, but man, freaking, uh, what is that actor's name? Jeffrey Wright, right? Jeffrey Wright. I think so. He killed the Gordon. <coughs> yes. And I thought it was very interesting and also unique to see them not only have Gordon as kind of like that guy that helps him occasionally, but like literally it felt like that was the Robin to the Batman to me in this film. They were so uh, on point with each other and they helped each other out so much, especially that scene. I love that scene when they're in the police station and Gordon and then even Batman starts to realize like, dang, I'm in a mess because there's like so many cops in there. And, uh, you know, he's Batman, but he can't beat up, you know, 50 people yeah. in a room full of the way that Gordon helped him get out of that sticky situation I thought was really cool. What did you guys think about Commissioner Gordon? I liked him and I, I feel like in general he's uh... – I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a brilliant actor. He's played in a lot, he's played a lot of different roles. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, yeah. He's played a lot of different roles. And his his acting depth is so extreme. He can go from good guy to bad guy. And seeing him play Commissioner Gordon was really cool. I think he did a really great job at it. Yeah, he was in Westworld, which me and my wife love that show. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's a good show. Uh, also, he was Watu, the Watcher in the What If Marvel series. Yeah. And he was in something else. He's been acting longer than I remember because I remember watching a movie from like the early 2000s and he was also in that, but I can't remember what the, the name of the movie was. But anyway, Shaft. maybe that's what it was. He played in Shaft too. Uh, he played Peoples Hernandez in Shaft too. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was something else from that era though that I watched like a couple of weeks ago and I remember thinking, Oh, that's Commissioner Gordon. But here's another thing, too. When you think of lots of villains in a movie, we all, our brains always, we can't help it. We always go back to Spider-Man 3. And we always blame that one reason for Spider-Man being a, a failure that it was, Spider-Man 3. But in reality, the writing was bad. The director didn't want to put Venom in the movie. I digress. But I was starting to get a little worried whenever I saw, okay, Riddler, Catwoman, Penguin, okay, we're starting to get stuffed here. But man, they did such a good job. I felt like every piece of that puzzle was put together so well, and they all served a purpose. And what's her name? Um, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe. 
killed that role too. That was really good. You want to? You're dying to say something, James. What you got? No. <laughs> At, at the end of that movie, when she was like, just run off with me, I, I was like, yeah, bro, just do it. Just, just run off with her. <laughs> just go. Just run off with her. Yeah, she played that role. Um, it kind of reminded me of the other Catwoman movie that was a huge flop with Holly Berry. Like, that's how I would have liked to see Catwoman, how she was displayed in this one. Yeah. You know, she did a really good job. And yeah. The only thing that I didn't like was the mask. But yeah, that was kind of once again, we're, we're talking about characters that aren't like <clears throat> super established. I, I guess that's just the picky nature of me. I like to see costumes that are, I mean, <clears throat> I know that these costumes are supposed to represent costumes that they created, that they made. You know, she probably just took a stocking and just cut the little opening <laughs> out of it. In the future, if we see her again, I want to see her with a proper cat mask. I want to see her almost dang near looking like Halle Berry. And also, I want to see the Pattinson collar gone. And, and like we said, the combat boots, maybe just something that looks a little more official, you know, like, but that's just the pickiness, the, the picky nature in me. <laughs> I wasn't overly impressed with uh, Alfred, although I don't feel like it was his fault. He did good with what he was given. He's a great actor. Uh, forget his name, Andy Serkis. But I feel like they just didn't give him enough to do in the movie. All he really did was get blown up, you know, in that one scene. And he right. didn't, he wasn't really like that mentor, like that strong mentor figure that Michael Douglas was for, um, not Michael Douglas, Michael Caine, okay, Michael. Chris, Christian Bale in the Dark Knight yeah. trilogy. Uh, but we still have more movies to go. Hopefully, hopefully they're going to make a part two and three. BT Dub, you know, they're going to make a penguin focused HBO Max TV show. Did you guys know about that? I did okay. not. With Colin Farrell still playing Penguin, so that's going to be cool, too. Now, one I thing I will say about Andy Serkis is I really did like the aspect of him helping with the code, because that's something you've never seen an active role that was played by Alfred, and I'm like, okay, he's, he's getting into it. He's actually doing some of the work, and so I like that side-by-side -side you saw where he was figuring out things and it gave a little bit, a little bit more depth to me than just, you know, like you said, that fatherly, you know, that Bond role where he's kind of like the father figure. I just enjoy Andy Serkis, man. I, I think he does just one of those that he does both sides of the screen very well. I think he directs very well, but also I think he, uh, he does such a good portrayal of characters and he's, he can cover a bunch of ground. And I mean, going from Gollum Smeagol to Caesar and Planet of the Apes, to Ulysses Claw in The Voltron <coughs> and uh, Black Panther. There's just so much that he's done, and I think he has just a different element that he can do in many, many roles that he plays. I do agree that he was, there was a slight, uh, he just wasn't as involved in some of his, what he said was that he's so busy taking care of what Bruce should be taking care of with the business, because he constantly talked about Bruce not being a part of it. He's been away for so much time. And so he's been busy doing all doing what Bruce is supposed to be doing. And so I think that could kind of rationalize why, but I do like Josh said, I do agree I, that I enjoyed seeing how he got involved with uh, deciphering uh, the code and all of that. Yeah. I'll get, I'll lend a little grace. I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more involved, but I, again, I appreciate the character. 
another negative from John over here is Batman. Robert Pattinson was a great Batman, but he did not feel like Bruce Wayne to me. He felt like an emo, I don't know. He just didn't pull off the Bruce Wayne to me as well as he did Batman. I liked his interpretation of Batman. His voice was different, which was good. You know, it doesn't need to be just like Christian Bale. It doesn't need to be like Michael Keaton, whatever. And another interesting thing, too, is the transition from him introducing himself as vengeance and that journey that he goes on in this film. And then at the end of the movie, at the conclusion of the movie, he decides to himself, I can't be vengeance anymore because me being vengeance inspired the Riddler. I need to be something more. I need to be a symbol. I need to be the Batman. <laughs> so, <laughs> he came to that realization in the movie, and I, I like that. I thought it was odd how he was, I guess he was calling himself Vengeance and everyone else was too, which that was kind of an odd name, but I liked it. I liked that transition that he made, and it showed that transition really well in the film. Emo Batman, that was the first thing that I wanted to bring up. Yep to this because he was super emo even like even like when he would like take off the suit and throw it in the bag and hop on the bike you know the black makeup on his face and stuff you know it's a little comb over i was like wow this this batman's super emo and then at sometimes at some points in the movie i wasn't watching bruce wayne i was i was watching edward Right? from twilight you know occasionally that edward stuck his ugly head right up. yeah he, he popped in there you know i was waiting for him to start glistening <laughs> <laughs> it was so ben affleck's batman in my opinion would trash this one he trashed him he probably wrecking right and then on top of that when we all heard that ben right we all heard that ben affleck was getting casted as batman in other movie we all were kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of skeptical. Changed my mind 100% when I saw him as Batman. Yep. With Robert Pattinson, for me, for me at least, it was pretty much exactly how I thought it was going to be. You know, there were some awesome scenes in there. I love the car chase. I love, I love the car. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, but as far as intimidation and if I saw that Batman, Robert Pattinson's Batman on the street, I'd be like, eh, you know, whatever, you know, versus, versus uh, Ben Affleck's, I'd be like, hey, you know, hey, bro, I'm going this way, you know. I think that so, it's safe to say that Ben Affleck would eat his lunch. Yeah. Now, I will say, I seriously enjoyed, because maybe I was looking more towards the glistening, you know, vampire, and so <laughs> it really did throw me, because I wasn't expecting him to do a great job, and I was like, okay, I really like the way he played it yeah and so i thought it was and and i'm a love uh i know the collar was the issue uh i like the costume I like i love uh, the way it looked uh because i love that that short ear kind of reminded me of the like one of my favorites like this jsa or this hush you know type batman comics and so yep. i love some of those aspects i don't want to say i was expecting him not to do a great job but I'm coming from the whole glistening vampire and I'm thinking, okay, he pulled off. I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, don't get me wrong, guys. I thought he was a great Batman. But the look for Bruce Wayne could have been slightly different. I've seen Robert Pattinson in recent films like Inception. Wait, not Inception, I'm sorry. Uh, Tenet. 
where he ha- he looks more like Bruce Wayne in that movie than he did in this yeah. movie. He went back to the the long emo hair, like, and it yeah. didn't help. I know we all know that Batman wears eye makeup underneath his mask, but it didn't help that he had that eye makeup on either. Like, you know, for all the the decisions that you made with Robert Pattinson, that's one decision that you could have just been like, you know what? If we leave eye makeup on this guy, it's gonna bring people's brains back to, to twilight. It's gonna make him look emo. Let's just don't let's don't keep the I know it's realistic to keep the eye makeup on as soon as he takes the mask off. I know it's realistic, but this might not have been the right guy to do it with. Hey, you could have pulled it off with with uh Ben Affleck, and I still would have been thinking, like, oh man, that, that dude's still still bad. <laughs> I think I would feel a little bit differently about it if the side that he played as Bruce Wayne would have been a little bit different. If he would have been a little bit more of a philanthropist, if he would have been a little bit more just out there and gaudy with who he is, then maybe like the expression, because it was like, once he took the mask off, really the mask never came off. You know, it was like, he always was this dark person and which translated him to being this emo character. So I do agree I, again, I, I appreciate the realism. I think the eye makeup would have been perceived a little bit better if he wouldn't have like continued being so, oh, I might paint my fingernails black too. You know, like one, just- One quick change they could have made, just cut his hair short. Just yeah. cut his hair short. That's all you needed to do. And that probably would have changed the whole perce- perception visually. And maybe they were going for that though, because I mean, that's what, the Riddler kept telling him is this is your true face. And so maybe they were going for the fact that he never, even when he took off his bat cowl, it still was the Batman because he couldn't leave that behind. And then in the end, you're looking at this kind of, okay, I don't need to be vengeance. I need to be more than this. So I don't know. I'm just saying maybe they might actually use that to advantage of the next film. If they do anything to go, let's make him more of, the Bruce Wayne, because that's where we were at. He was nothing but the mask, even when he took it off. And that was his problem is he was always vengeance. I don't know. It's just a, an idea. I kept expecting <laughs> him to bust out. As soon as he took that cowl off, I kept expecting him to bust out into a song saying, I fell in love with an emo girl. <laughs> 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 so... where do you have it as far as rank like where do you rate the film i'll start off and i'll say this i think it's better than batman begins which is my used to be my second favorite batman film so i think that the batman falls firmly into second my second favorite all-time batman film i have it ranked at an 8.5 thought it was great like i said i absolutely love this movie Sure, I have some minor complaints about it, but overall, it, it knocked my socks off. And you can say what you want to about emo Batman or emo Bruce Wayne, but Robert Pattinson did a great job. For the next film, all I ask uh, Matt Reeves is just cut his hair short. Don't leave the eye makeup on. That's that's the only two changes you need to make, and it'll be perfect. What do you think, James? Um, I rated a 7 out of 10. The emo Batman thing, I'm, it, I, I couldn't take him serious. I couldn't take him serious. I mean, it would have been different if, you know, it would have just been, you know, under the eyes a little bit, whatever, cool. But, I mean, it was like 
smear, you know. So I just like like you said, I was waiting for him to break out in, in some like my chemical romance or something, man. It was it was it was not cool. That part wasn't. Love the chase scenes, love the car scenes, love the bike scenes, love Catwoman, really loved Catwoman. So I'm looking forward to seeing the next one. Yeah, I, I want to see where they go with it. What you got, Josh? I'm going to put him up there by a seven or eight as well, because I did like better than uh, Bale. I mean, I just like the the grittiness. Of course, I really love Gotham, the TV show, and I felt like it had that that same aspects. A lot of the stuff that I saw in Gotham translated that grittiness, that just the darkness and the bringing it more into a realistic, like we were talking about earlier. And yep. so I felt like this one did the best as far as bringing it in and making it a place you know i mean I, I felt like when they first shot in on those screens it felt like Times square you know mixed with that darkness of gotham so it really brought it in and so i think that's why i really have it up there because i just really uh i mean i, I get our emo stuff you know i understand but i just i think that's been to me one of the best and uh i mean i did love don't get me wrong i loved uh ben's version um, I'd love to see a film more with him where he's not just like this, him and Superman, you know, it's a, a little bit more with just him and see how that does. But I'm just saying, I really like that, that grittiness, that realness, that, uh, almost horror aspect of the darkness there. I would agree. I would say I'm going to be around a eight out of 10, uh, just because of, you know, just the realism. I think, I think just what did it for me, there were, Again, I, I agree with all of the different points that all the different dislikes, uh, but when you kind of measure it to the whole film, uh, man, I think they just did such a good job. It, if this is gonna be a real world scenario, this is what it could look like. This is what the chaos could look like. This is what the Riddler could look like if you actually saw it. Like if we ha this happened right now, this is what this could be portrayed as. That's just for me and the storytelling and the way that they did that. Uh, it's just one of the best renditions, man. I, I, as far as just the environment, the atmosphere of the city, that atmosphere of Gotham and all of it, it was just really good. It was really good. So it's going to be high up there for me also. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Uh, if you haven't looked us up already on, on Instagram and TikTok, check us out. We're at Real Comic Book Cinema. If you're a grandparent or a father like me, you can also find us on Facebook. If you haven't already, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. We drop two videos a week. If you click the little bell, you'll get notified every time we drop a new video. Thanks for, Thanks for joining me, guys. And until next time, have a wonderful day.